0: Oh, uh, what was I gonna say? Uh, shit! Who made a move recently? Uh, did Aston Villa sign someone?
1: Well oh, people have been signing people left and right. Yeah, like like Li- Liverpool's already got their first signing. They oh, they took one of yours. Uh, Caleb. So, sorry, Fulham. Sorry, yeah. Caleb. Yeah, they took Carvalho. What's his What's his first yeah, name? Yeah, uh, Fabio. Fabio Carvalho.
2: Fabio. Carvalho.
0: Yeah. Sorry, Caleb. I knew that was gonna hurt you.
2: Oh well, that's been we've known that since the since the January transfer window.
0: Yeah. They signed a deal back then. Oh, so, okay. but hey, Adam, uh, I was yeah. going to say uh, there is a rumor that longtime number two uh, Dean Henderson from your former love is going to make his way up to the Northeast. Oh, okay. Enjoy that as a as a uh, as a kind of like either not as a more. Uh, competent backup for uh, uh Dubrovka, or even eventually push him out of the first first spot which I mean I wouldn't like but
1: it oh, if is I'm, what it is I mean if I'm Dean Henderson I'm I'm going I'm only going somewhere where I know I'm starting or yeah. where where's a good chance that I can start
0: And I think Newcastle could be the place cuz Debrovka does have his weaknesses he didn't look as strong this season as he did last season Yeah and maybe that's because he's still coming back from the injury um, no, man, it was just really depressing uh, Sunday. It was. You won. Like, no, yeah, but, like, the season's over.
1: Yeah. You know? But the good news is that we we don't have as long to wait for the beginning of this next season. True. And, pre- and- preseason's pretty much going to – I mean, players are probably going to report either the last week of June or that first week of July. So probably one or two weeks yeah. earlier. Because the season is starting one or two weeks earlier,
0: and yes, we don't have that World Cup to satiate our appetites during the summer, but we will we will be as we enter into the holiday season and especially Thanksgiving, we will be just gluttoned to de- We'll we we will be gluttonous on football, and it will be glorious. And we have the the women's
1: the women's European Championship. Oh, that's true. We do yeah. have the women's Euros. It's not until July. The Lady, so. Lion. the Lady Lions. I, I think it's the lionesses. I like the Lady and the Lions I, better. I, I, I don't think that's correct, though. <laughs> I think Lady Lions L- sounds
2: like a. It's a high school like a, team. It's like
1: a Northeast Texas high school. team. <laughs> yeah, that's I <laughs> that's and the tonight, the Lady and Lions take on team. take on the uh, the Eaglelets. The, the Lady. What's the other? The Lady. Uh, ours it's was like ours was Lady Cats. And the Lady Panthers. Lady
2: Panthers. It's like, why can't they
0: just be the Panthers too? <laughs> um. Hey, it could be worse. I mean, you could, you could, you could have gone to a college with the nickname for a certain group, a certain, grou- a certain uh, a group from uh, Ireland.
1: The IRA? What are we? What are we talking no, about? No, 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 no,
0: no, 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 no. No, I'm referring to the uh, the uh, the Syracuse Orange because they were the orange. They were the orange men and the orange women. Up until like the two thousands.
2: Oh yeah, I remember that. I remember that. Was my that, favorite thing was, was the that lady, okay. the Lady Gamecocks in South Carolina. That <laughs> makes me happy. That makes me happy.
0: And. Benly, <laughs> you, you,
2: you got taken out by the Lady oh, <laughs> Well, I well, well, really
0: got to stop. <laughs> okay, yeah, I
1: mean, okay. You, you
0: do realize man. the. You do realize the Orange men are the like the pro unionist like. Right, but I didn't know the... that
1: that was the reason. I just thought. I didn't know well, why, I don't they, think, why I, they named that I, don't, that. I don't think it was the reason, but
0: okay. it was a very odd nickname.
1: It was that, and their mascot's kind of weird. It was kind of weird, too. Wasn't it just like an orange ball? Yes. Or something? Yeah, that was kind of weird. I mean, look, I it's it, I supposed mean, to
2: represent an actual orange.
1: Oh, right. Yeah, okay. <laughs> like, <laughs> what's round and orange? I have okay, no idea. Yeah,
2: that's one of those round orange things. Like, a, like an
1: orange? It's tan. Yeah, it's that's a tangerine. Tangerine. It looked, like, a, it looked so, like one of those Nerf balls you shoot out of your, the the end of the Tom, gun. N-
0: no, it it looked like one of those Nerf balls that came with like the Nerf hoop.
1: Yeah. Yes. Oh, we had one of those in the college newsroom. I spent way too much time on that. Uh, that that was clear
0: childhood memories when <clears throat> me and Sean would we would be going hard on the Nerf hoop and pushing pushing his little brother out of the way. Like you're not joining us. No. Sit down, Cody.
1: I thought you meant that happened like recently.
0: <laughs> no, no, that oh, okay. did not happen Sorry. recently. <laughs> Sorry.
1: Uh, by the way, uh, the I'll, I'll I'll show
0: you a picture of this, Adam. Uh, when you come in this weekend, uh, the onesies are in, and they
1: fit, and we look hilarious. Great. Um, <laughs> yeah. That's, All right. Let's that's get back to the it's, football. It's a, it's a present for the whole cruise, so you're not going to be there for the for the final. No, I will not be None there for it. the fight. You're not even going to get because, like, because Devin, my sister's boyfriend, he's gonna, he he will try to be there. He's actually doing a uh, a soccer camp down in Plano uh, while he's up, so so he'll be down there with you. I mean, but, but he's he said he'd make it back for the second half. No, so. because it's three dude, it's three to five, and it's I I I, I my Shut dad's up, paying uh, for my get the
2: fuck
1: out of there. It's three to five. You come for the first half. The
0: fir- yeah, in Plano though. It's in Plano. the Insurance—that's a forty-five-minute drive.
1: It's it's faster if you try harder. <laughs>
2: <laughs> you break the law. Yeah,
1: yeah, but it's it's going to be Memorial Day weekend, and I'll be drinking with
0: you, and trying to drive to Plano at a yeah, at a true. faster speed yeah, than normal. That's a take, recipe that's, for disaster. A bad idea.
1: That's a bad idea.
0: Don't don't drink in especially diapers. especially since I drive for a living because that would go on mm-hmm. my my work record.
1: Well then how are we I think we cuz I still think we have to resolve this this bet from earlier this season where you we it was a push cuz we we drew at at London Stadium and so I have to buy you a beer and you have to buy me a beer at some point.
0: So what so okay so what you have to hope for Adam is actually <laughs> you know what I'll do? All right here so here's what here's what I'll do. Okay. Um let's just up into a six pack, okay? I'll buy you a six oh, pack. Okay. Of, I'll, I'll buy you a random six pack. I'll pick it out Saturday because I'm going to see you Sunday and you buy me a ra- uh, a random si- uh, a random six pack and what we'll do is we'll uh, we'll pick pick a team, pick the score line.
1: Okay? What wait, what? Why are we picking a team in the score line?
0: No, 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 no. So yeah, no, no, no worries. We'll just bump it up to. So I, I, I was spacing out for a second. Yeah, we drew at the London Stadium. Right. So, uh, we, <laughs> so is... we technically both we both owe each other a drink. So what right. I'll do, is let's just let's just bump it up to a six pack. I'll pick you a six pack out. You pick me a six pack out, and we'll exchange
1: on Sunday. Okay. Nothing That's too. Way we nothing, can enjoy. No, Nothing too hoppy.
0: No, no, oh, no, 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 no. I'm, I'm gonna pick you. I'm gonna pick you a couple of sours.
1: Uh, and yes,
0: you're not, are you not a fan? No cider, man. Okay. Okay. I'll, (laughs) I'll get you some good ciders. I'll get you some good ciders. I'll get you an English one for
1: sure. I'll get you easy drinking beer. How about that? I feel that's, that sounds delicious. I feel like sours are so hit and miss. Like some of them are probably delicious, but others are just gross. And I don't know how to differentiate between the two.
0: I've never ran into a bad one recently. I've kind of been on a roll. Caleb and I have, um,
1: Okay.
2: The, the 903. Well, like oh, yeah. first of
1: all. The 903. First of all, dude. The, 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 yeah, the 903 Sour. In, first of all. Yeah, mm-hmm. that it was, it was. No, I not. not sorry, there. not 903. Sorry. Um, 405, 405. 405, that's right. Getting my zip codes mixed up. Yeah.
0: I was going to say, I mean, because I, I've honestly not tried any of the new 903 stuff they've been offering. I've actually gotten off 903. They're
1: They're they're opening a new. Uh, this is way off topic. This is we're talking about. I i know they're, they're getting a new uh location that's going to be yeah i know where yeah literally like five miles from my house yeah, it's gonna be great because
0: eh,
1: why that guy's kind of cool I give a <sighs> shit the beer's good <laughs> it's okay <laughs> and plus it's it's i don't know it's better than the current location which is like oh out back down, of uh a, out back East of an old factory yeah where uh, we're actually I think many of our relatives
0: worked at that factory because that used to be the Burlington uh, textile factory right there.
1: Oh, interesting. I did not know that.
0: Yeah, so like my dad, I think maybe maybe your
1: dad. I don't th- – Uh, have th- to ask him. Uh, We've been several times and he hasn't mentioned it, but that could just be my dad, so <laughs> –
0: I know. Uh, I know. Uh, my granny worked there. I know one of the uh, one of her uncles worked there. I know my grandfather worked there as the maintenance manager. So, nice. Yeah,
1: yeah it's a bit of Troxel. Um,
0: yeah, Troxel Allison. Yeah, for sure. No, there we go. Uh,
2: Y'all make sure to tell uh, Ken Troxel I said hi this weekend. Absolutely. Tell to drink one. Yeah. <laughs>
1: yeah. So <laughs> hey, uh, hey, hey, that Adam, won't take
2: convincing.
0: So you know how my dad tries to get me to jump off sides by saying soccer is not a real sport. I mean, yeah,
1: he said that sometimes. I've heard, yeah, Why?
0: yeah. He, he's, he, he. Well, I was gonna say, uh, if I was to approach your dad this Sunday and talked about the Saudi uh, golf league, would that get him to jump off sides?
1: No, I mean, he's okay. He, we're, we kind of have. I feel like we're kind of on the same side of that. Like, I mean, he shouldn't have said it the way he said it. Okay. But, All know, right. Well, whatever. He's I was. I was. I was. I was. Tr-
0: I, I was trying to look up to get some get some sports drama going, but apparently not. Um, anyways, let's get back to the podcast. Sorry, I I got us off track. That's my. That's bad. okay. That's, That's all right.
1: Bad. That's okay. We're it's 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 season's over. It's it's free time. Yeah. We're we're having fun. We're enjoying it. Um, so, so welcome everybody. What? Hello uh, to uh, to this. Oh, you're starting second. To,
0: yeah. Oh my bad. All right, I'll shut up. <laughs> <That's> okay. <laughs> it's okay.
1: To uh, I guess what will be the second to last episode of We Ate All the Pies. Uh, the season is over. The trophy has been handed over, so I guess you could just consider us the dustbin of this league. We're still kind of sitting here in the auditorium, cleaning up and and uh, reminiscing about what was. Uh, my name is Adam, uh, drinking myself a nice pint of uh, London Pride. It's actually, it's mostly gone. I'm drinking this a little fast. Um, and, uh, yeah, so we've got, uh, we, we got a whole episode on the final day of the Premier League season, which was about as dramatic as you could have it. Uh, Liverpool fans been reacting a little bit. Some, some Liverpool fans have been reacting in, in ways that we could, let's just call them predictable. Um, but uh, before we get too deep into the action, which of course does include uh, a little bit about the American managed Leeds United, who managed to stay up, congratulations, Leeds United... I will introduce, and I think you've already heard them a little bit, uh, my co-hosts officially, uh, a newly mid-table minted, and for probably the first time in a long time, going into a summer, looking up, it's Newcastle fan Jordan. Hi Jordan, it's it. This is this. I you you've said that you're sad that the season's over, but I feel like this is your time.
0: I had to get that can open on the uh, on the pod. Uh, I'm I glad you drinking, said. I couldn't tell what it was. I am drinking a coffee as well. Um, uh, to our podcast listeners who actually care about us, uh, I am officially a week and change into no sodas.
1: Nice. So, uh, yeah, <laughs> I we're gonna say no beer. No, it's God, like, no, no,
0: no, beer, coffee, Calm and down, and. Beer coffee, beer coffee, and brewed tea are where I draw my line. Yeah. Okay. If if it, if water wasn't was an original ingredient, but filtered through awesome, then it still then it still works. Which I, all three actually are filtered through awesome. So that includes liquors as well, because water wasn't an in, uh, in, uh, an original ingredient in there somewhere.
1: I feel like we're increasing um, alcoholism.
0: I mean, we watch soccer, Adam. I think, yeah. I, I think, uh, I think most American fans who are soccer fans as a, uh, as adults enjoy the fact that you can get up at six thirty a.m., head to a bar, and start day drinking.
1: I've done that. Mm-hmm. Six thirty is a little early, I will say, but uh, it happens sometimes. Uh, and also joining us, fresh off, fresh off of uh, an election. Uh, in Georgia last night, and also p- perhaps sizing up the opponents that he will be facing next season as a Fulham fan in the Premier League. It is Caleb. Hi, Caleb. Hello. How you How you feeling? I, I, people <clears throat> may have heard this, but I, you, you've already suffered a, a casualty of the getting promoted by losing one of your most promising midfielders.
2: Yeah, Fab is gone.
1: Yeah. It sucks. Uh, to Liverpool too, which a is just, it, just kicking the balls. <laughs> yeah, and not the first time
2: uh, Liverpool signed a youngster off Fulham, um, but yeah, actually, it's going to be it's going to be really interesting as a Fulham fan going into going into the next season because this is the third time in recent years that we've been promoted and we we haven't been able to stick. And our strategy the first time was basically spend a bunch of money on players, and none of. None of those players really worked out at all. We spent money on players who were her. We spent money on players who had no interest in, in playing with us if we got relegated, and so just wasted a bunch of money. And that was pretty early on in, in kind of Tony Khan's career, you know, with Fulham. And then the next time we were promoted, um, we went, we're going to go up with the guys that got us there. And then we didn't score a goal for, like, the first four or five matches. I'm exaggerating. That. But, but basically it was like, and we and we panicked. We're like oh shit, and then we're like all right. So then we kind of hurriedly bought it, brought in a bunch of guys and, and whatever. But that's not really the way you want to do it. So this season, I think there's a lot more of a plan. Part of it that's better is we've had time since we won automatic promotion to start thinking about it. But Fulham has already re-signed some key players, Good. Um, including you know Tim Reams coming back, um, uh, which is really exciting. Um, a lot of players are gone. Uh, John Michael Siri is is gone, um, which is really surprising. Oh, um, right. There's some other players that are on the on the chopping block. So I would not be surprised if we didn't see, you know, anywhere between uh, probably six, seven, or eight players leave, and probably um, probably a little bit fewer because we had a kind of a big squad. Maybe five or six players come in. So um, yeah, it's an exciting time, and uh, everyone under the sun is being linked to Fulham um, at a certain kind of level of, I think there's something like 40 players that have been linked to it. So we'll see who comes out of the wash, but we're
1: excited about it. The golden boot winner from the MLS last season, I think his name, well, I think his nickname is like Tati Castellano uh, from New York city FC. He is apparently being linked to West Ham, which I found kind of strange, but I mean, Hey, if the, if the guy can score goals and if he can play in the middle up top, I'll I'll take him. So,
2: well, i well, heard some West Ham players being linked to Fulham, so we may get a little a uh, little weird. All the pies cross pollinization uh, well, going on there.
1: That sounds that sounds a lot more suggestive than uh, than it is. Um, Good. That so cool.
2: <laughs> I Think Ryan Fredericks may uh, yeah maybe uh, I think he used way. to
1: be a Fulham player. Yeah.
2: Yeah. yeah, he played Fulham for a while, so he may be coming Caleb. on a free.
1: Yeah.
0: Are you suggesting Declan Rice to Fulham? No.
2: <laughs> I'm not. I mean, stranger <laughs> things have happened. I'm not. Uh, um,
1: also, uh,
2: where is uh, – did you all have Alphonse Areola this past year? Yes, uh, and we'd like him
1: back, please. Well, we're at 10, we, 10 million pounds we, we would- I think we can get him for. Is, is we remember. would
2: like him as well because he he was our keeper for the last summer up in the Premier League and we adore him. So anyway, could be a little, could be some West Ham Fulham battles for players. We'll see.
1: I'm just ready to see the the main stand, the Riverside Stand at uh, at the Craven Cottage open. Like I want to see that. Yeah, I want like to see the actual people in it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah the seats are, but we've team gotten teams. some great. We've got some great seat shots of that ground <laughs> this season. Yeah
2: yeah just empty seats oh man they look pristine
1: yeah (laughs) oh yeah that's right a A pool there's a there's a pool yeah man a pool it's 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 london what What are
2: you gonna be swimming in london London for what are they are they are they you don't want to swim in the thames no (laughs) are,
0: are they the frisco rough riders and have a lazy river there too
1: Dude, no, the Frisco uh, Riders have a lazy river at their stadium.
0: They they do have a very tiny lazy river that feeds into a pool in okay. right field. Now that is cool.
1: I would like to do. I'd I, I would like to go to do that. I'll watch. R- some, some you could, you could I I some it out too. Single A ball
0: for that. It's Double A baseball, sir. So you could see uh, Jack Leiter. Yeah, it's Double A yeah, Frisco. Double a. Oh, I thought it was Single yeah. A. Oops, no.
2: Triple A is down in Round Rock. I don't know where Single A
0: affiliate is. Dude, single A's are affiliates are all over everywhere because there's like high A, low A. There's yeah, no, baseball gets too kind of crazy when we go down into the farm system, their version of the Academy system. Yeah. Uh, no, no, Adam, real quick, uh prior to uh our, our show like our show our pre-show ramblings, I mentioned a signing that Aston Villa has already completed. Uh Bubakar Kamara, uh the defensive midfielder from Marseille, is on a free transfer to Aston Villa.
1: Well that's oh, man that sucks <laughs> I thought yeah no that does suck because I was <laughs> I thought I was, we'd have I got was, that was
0: that was one player I thought Newcastle was gonna be in for but uh uh you know maybe we kind of have our sights set on another uh, league uh midfielder um who <laughs> has a friend at Newcastle <laughs> and was recently visiting the city for his baby shower
1: was he wearing a Newcastle kit?
0: Oh, he was. Yes, oh, he was.
1: Okay, cool. Yeah. You never mentioned that. Um... <laughs> but enough about that. Let's
0: get to the final day because <laughs> we'll we'll <laughs> we'll ramble
1: on and we'll we, if will. we, don't stay we will. It's that time. I'm so loopy. I've had such a long week for various reasons. Um, but yeah. So, all right. So yes. So the final day was as dramatic as it could possibly be at all angles of the table. Relegation, of course, was uh, was. I almost set up for grabs. No one wants to grab that. Uh, the battle was on for relegation. The title was up for grabs. Uh, we had some European spots that, uh, that teams were fighting for. And so, yeah, it was just, it was excitement everywhere. Uh, and I want to start, and I'll start at the title race, but I want to start at Anfield because it... I, so I had I had this game on. I had the Leeds Brentford game on, and then of course I had West Ham on the big screen. I, I was not watching City versus Aston Villa yet at this point. I did switch to that one later, but um, so the first goal of the day came in that game at Anfield, and I guess Wolves didn't read the script of that day or something because uh, Pedro Neto just passed the ball right into the back of the net, uh, the off the pass from Raúl Jiménez. And it was one nil to Wolves after three minutes, which was just—I mean, if 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 you go into a day like this where everything is just such high tension, you want to throw a curveball. That's how you do it. Uh, so Wolves right on cue, the Reds answered back through Sadio Mane. Um, but for the longest time, it was all tied up, and the only cheers that you got from Anfield were the fans, and you could you could tell every time you didn't even have to watch City versus Aston Villa, you could tell. Every time that Villa scored, you could hear it from from the Anfield crowd. Um, but that was the only cheering that was going on until Mo Salah converted six minutes from time. Uh, 23 goals for him on the season. And Andrew Robertson, who I would say arguably was at fault for that Wolves goal, the first one, he was way out of position. He made up for it with a goal of his own. But by the time he scored, everyone knew the final results. I don't know if I'm the only one who... I, I don't know if anybody else kind of watched this one, but it was kind of... It was weird. It was it was a weird kind of. A, the Wolves' goal made it weirder, but you know it was sort of like, a, "Why doesn't Liverpool score? Why don't they go on? Why don't they do something? And by the time they did, they broke through and everybody was fine. Yeah, yeah. City had already done the business, so it was it was a strange watch too. Yeah.
2: It was. I was watching that. And I was watching Liverpool in
1: City City match,
2: and it was odd because obviously Liverpool goes down early, and that kind of takes the wind out of them, and they go, "Oh, well, we got oh." <laughs> We actually have to win this match before <laughs> we start thinking about anything else, and then, but then, you know, City goes down and the crowd's going kind of wild, and that probably has some sort of effect on the players. How could it not? And then, obviously, the Monte goal is gorgeous and, and Liverpool, uh, but it's it's tied for forever, and then they go they go ahead, but then there's this kind of false cheer that goes through the stadium, like people started cheering again as if
1: <laughs> yes. uh,
2: Villa had scored. And, you know, and they'd drawn or, or whatever. And so it, it was really odd. You felt for the Liverpool players a little bit because yeah. um, I'm sure it was just really difficult to kind of play knowing that you've got to win this match to kind of get punched in the mouth right away. And then to kind of have this information filtered to you by tens of thousands of people cheering in the stadium was kind of wild. Um, and and it, it was a little bit of a letdown because right as Liverpool was scoring was kind of right when it didn't matter at all and yeah. i think that's what made it feel weird
1: yeah it definitely added to it and i what i what i think maybe I, I don't know maybe liverpool players maybe they were just a little bit too too hyped up for this one because i mean it was pretty i looked up and suddenly wolves were on the break and they had numbers and the ball just slid across and it was it was pretty much an easy t- you knew he was going to score i don't think i've ever seen somebody score that goal Score a goal that easily against Liverpool this season, even you know the likes of City and, and Chelsea. I mean, it was it was pretty simple, and they just looked all out of sorts. and And credit to Wolves. I mean, they 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 put up a fight for most of the game. I mean, there were there were times I looked up and I was like, oh, the, the, for Liverpool's sake, the ball's on the end, wrong end of the pitch. Um, and so yeah, they, I mean, they took care of business and they did they did the right thing. But as Caleb said, by then everybody knew the final result because what was going on at the Etihad Stadium. Was something straight out of uh, the sequel to Man City wins the title on the final day. We had the first one in 2011. Uh, in Ten years uh, later, or so, uh, we had the second one. So, like I said, for a while, <laughs> what I, here's what I find funny about this. So obviously, there was a lot of, you know, a, a lot going on with this game. Uh, but you, of course, you had Steven Gerrard in the dugout, um, former Liverpool player, and and. Famous for that slip, and so everybody was talking about uh, ahead of the time, if if Steven Gerrard can manage to do the job against Aston Villa, does that completely make up for that slip? But for a while, it seemed like he did, and it also seemed like Liverpool's very, very long game of snapping up Philippe Coutinho in 2013, selling him to Barcelona four seasons later for insane wages, knowing full well Barcelona would have to then sell him somewhere in order to avoid bankruptcy, putting Stephen Gerrard on the right managerial path just in time to arrive at Aston Villa to bring Coutinho back to the Premier League and ruin City's chances on the final day. That almost worked out. That 5D chess move almost worked out. Uh, Matty Cash surprised everyone by giving Villa the lead at the Etihad in the first half. For the, uh, and then the Brazilian, of course, doubled that lead a little more than 20 minutes from full-time. Liverpool this whole entire time needs one goal Just one goal to change it. And then Pep Guardiola's first ever signing at Manchester City, Ilkay Gundogan, comes off the bench and changes everything. He heads in Raheem Sterling's cross in the 76th minute. Two minutes later, Rodri fired a low shot past uh, unsuspecting Villa keeper Robin Olsen. I say unsuspecting because I don't think he expected even to start in that game. Or I I don't even think he knew he was a Villa player until he was called up. Um, Because I completely forgot that he was on the bench. Uh, and then in the 81st minute, Premier League Player of the Year Kevin De Bruyne has passed, finds Gundogan at the back post, and the roof comes off of the place. And I am not a City fan. I think I've made that very clear. However, this was probably one of the most exciting moments in the Premier League that I have experienced. I mean, it was just, it was, it was incredible. And the fight back from City, you say what you want about their ownership and, and whatever. That was incredible. I mean this this was this was why we watch.
2: I, one quick thing I wanted to add to that. Um, I mean it was it was fantastic. It was a lot of fun to watch. I found it odd. Speaking of the Robin Olsen start, um, it it seemed like um, allegedly Gerard was resting their their starting goalkeeper, who is uh, Martinez. Is that I mean, correct? Martinez. Yep. Yeah, Martinez. So um, it, it just it just struck me as odd that uh, he decided to rest uh, the drug decided to rest his starting keeper in and start Roman Now, you know uh, Martinez had been hurt in training supposedly the week before, so maybe it wasn't that mm-hmm. odd. But I think if you're a but I think you're a theory, you know, a, a conspiracy theorist, it, it definitely seems odd because you would think that Girardi would want to put up the stiffest resistance possible, not only to beat City, but obviously to give his former club a chance to to win the Premier League. And Jurgen Klopp even said something kind of along those lines. So I don't know. That was the only thing that was a little odd for me was the the choice of goalkeeper because I find it hard. I mean, City probably would have won either anyway. I mean, they're just that dominant, but uh, maybe they don't.
1: Hmm. It's interesting. It is. It is interesting. And I don't know. It, it seems like on this day, where you know the eventual move of Coutinho to Aston Villa looked like it was going to help Liverpool, and then the the purchase of Ilkay Gundogan was Pep Guardiola's own version of some five D chess. It looks like maybe Gerard is playing his own version of five D chess, and perhaps not trying to win this game, so that Klopp doesn't win the title, and that a few years from now Gerard can take over as Liverpool manager. But that's one for the uh, for the conspiracy threads on Reddit. Uh, Jordan, what did you this? I mean, what did you think of this? This this was a, a fantastic. I I think this is this this will go down in the record books as probably one of the one of the biggest moments in the Premier League. City coming back with you know three goals in the span of you know what five minutes or so. Um
0: no, I happen to agree with you. This is actually one of the most exciting finishes to a season since uh since honestly I became a fan. I believe um probably the last day of 2011 2012 was the most exciting um, you know, final final day up to this point. Um, it was funny to me because both City and Liverpool, which I was not watching the Manchester City game, but from what I've seen, um both teams I guess have been playing on a uh, playing on a tightrope uh, uh, all season, so so, uh, so to speak. You know, City main, trying to maintain the lead and you know being chased down by such a you know strong uh, strong opponent, and then you know Liverpool having to you know constantly um, you know chase down uh, you know the mighty Manchester City, and it looks like both teams you know snapped underneath the tension. You know, you had that first goal by uh, Neto, which honestly that was on both fullbacks again because uh, Trent Alexander-Arnold did not track back fast enough to you know get uh, to stop Neto from basically passing it back into the back of the net. That was on uh, Arnold as much as as much as it was on Robertson. uh, I think because it was Jimenez, right, who got past Robertson for that easy slide roll pass. So, I mean, more defensive woes uh, for uh, you know for Liverpool to start the game, and then they just seemed they seemed like they were out of gas. I watched that match in its entirety, and for for the for the entirety of the match, that team just seemed worn down. And you know, maybe that that goes to you know the lack of overall squad depth that uh, you know. Liverpool has, and that's just because of uh, injuries, you know, like to Curtis Jones and um, you know losing um, Salah and uh, Mane earlier uh, in this year to Afcon, but that
1: that team just looked tired. Salah you know, Sala came in off the bench because of his because he was injured. So yeah, 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 no, and uh, well, he had been injured, but yeah, you know what I mean.
0: Yeah, no, and uh, and again, he looked like he looked. Tired too, because there was moments to where the entire the entire wool the entire city of Wolverhampton and the Wolverhampton Wanderers knew as soon as he got the ball at the edge of the box, he was going to try to come inside and shoot and uh, you know shoot on put it on his left foot and take a shot on goal. There'd be like five wolves defenders he'd be shooting into. It'd be li- a literal wall of yellow. He'd kick the ball at all game. Um, and really, it wasn't until the end. You know, when the result was over that, you know, Wolves kind of relaxed and they you know, the Stala and then Robertson, uh, you know, capitalized. But I'm going to call back to that uh, earlier in the match. uh, Don Decker had a shot on goal and it could have been two nil Wolves.
1: That's very early in that
0: very, very early in that match. So it was an exhilarating finish, uh, exhilarating, exhilarating finish to the to the season at the top end of the table. Uh, You know, I I really can't feel sorry for Liverpool fans because you've won, you've done a domestic cup double and you have an opportunity on Saturday to make it a cup treble. I mean, you can't feel sorry for City fans either because, you know, you did win the Premier League for the fourth time in five years. Yes, you kind of feel disappointed for not winning any of their trophies, but you did have a wonderful league campaign. Um, But... And you have Holland now, so. Oh yeah, and, yeah, and <laughs> you're gonna crush the league next season because you eh. go to buy 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 one one. Of, well, Adam, you saw what it had to take for them to equalize. It took uh, their their man their leading goal scorer from last season, Gundawan, to you know put on his mat, his, his shooting shoes, uh, and you know put a couple in the
1: net. Um, See, and this is a good this this is a good point though because and, and I'm glad you brought this up. It's a, it's a perfect little segue because I do want to kind of broach this subject a bit. And, and I we've got we'll have time next week to talk about the season as a whole. But <clears throat> before this season started, everybody was like, oh, they don't have a striker. If they don't say sell, sell Harry Kane. I don't think they can do it again. So you don't have a striker, blah blah, and all this stuff. And where they're going to get the goals and all and, and all this stuff. And yet here we sit, and they got the goals. I think they scored something like ninety. They got over 90 goals this season. Um, they all came from from different spots, and, and they came at the right time. So, I guess I mean, has City proven that maybe they? And I know obviously they've 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 got a striker now. They <clears throat> they've got their guy, but maybe maybe we should be less focused on this in particular, especially when when you play in that kind of system. I mean, he's made it work, and I don't know if that's just the the power of of you know, what city has and just they have so many, you know, riches in terms of players that they can get goals from anywhere. Or if it's if it's a testament to Pep Guardiola, I don't know. But it's I mean, they I think they proved some people wrong in regards to that. You know, you know, Adam, I will
0: agree with you. Uh, I mean, they, they do play wonderful football and, you know, they, they kind of have proven that they can win without a true number one striker. In the Premier League where, you know, consistency is the name of the game and, you know, having 11 outfield players that are, you know, pretty much equal across the board where you're not going to have a dip in form when you're having to put, you know, uh, put Jack Grealish in for spot duty or, you know, um, putting in Riyad Mahrez, uh, you know, because uh, Gabriel Jesus is just not having it, you know? Um, it, it's, it's wonderful that you have that, that ability to replace players like for like, but in cup competitions, especially the Champions League, having a striker, having a transcendent striker will be the key to them getting over that hump. I mean, the last time Pep Guardiola has won a Champions League, it was almost a decade ago, and Lionel Messi, one of the greatest players of all time, was his leading striker. So maybe Erling Holland will be the will be the, the, the final piece. The Death Star will be completed and Pep Guardiola as the Emperor will destroy every single planet, i.e. team in his way to uh to uh uh cup
1: and uh domestic league competition next season. So would that make Holland Darth Vader? Maybe so. Okay yeah. There yeah, might be a better comparison.
0: Uh, no, no, I, I think it is tall, very white Norwegian man. Yeah, Darth Vader. I mean, James Earl Jones voiced him, but when they when he took off the helmet, that was a very pasty white dude. So
1: yeah. Hey, when you spend that much time underneath the uh, underneath the helmet, it's uh, it's it, that's what happens. Um, no, yeah, it, it's it's going to be interesting to see what the city side looks like now that they've got a striker in there. They're not having to rely uh, so much on, on their midfield, um, their, their, their group of midfielders who just pop up and score a goal when they need to, uh, before we move on from, from the title race, um, and, uh, and, and go into some of the other battles that were going on in the final day. I do want to bring this up. It's unfortunately it has become an issue lately across English football. So, uh, pitch invasion. So obviously in the city game, we had, uh, another instance of, of city fans running on the pitch. Um, and, and, you know, they were on there for quite some time. And I feel, man, that poor PA announcer who was just, it's repeatedly just like, guys, come on, go back to seats Please, please go back to your seats. We got a trophy to, please go back to your seats. And they just weren't having it. And they eventually moved off. But um, apparently during the, the initial rush onto the field, something did happen. To uh, Aston Villa goalkeeper Robin Olsen, who was in some kind of altercation. I don't think it was. I mean, it's it wasn't as bad as, as the Billy Sharp altercation. I mean, he got headbutted in the face, and that fan is now facing jail time. So, so yeah, I mean, the right thing happened there. But then, of course, you had Patrick Vieira, you know, in the Everton and Crystal Palace match and the pitch invasion there with Everton fans, and it's pitch invasions are there's somewhat of a tradition. Um and when I say by tradition I just mean that they happen frequently. Especially in the lower leagues, you know, when it comes to going up or 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 avoiding relegation, um, you know, staying in the football league, you see this happen. But they're they're being put under a new light because there have been some some let's just call them unsavory incidents in these games. And I just wonder, you know, is this a temporary thing where we're just going to see it kind of come up and people are going to talk about it and be upset and fans are going to get in trouble for it. There are a few of them, but the rest of them are going to be okay. Or is it, is this a genuine problem? Like, I mean, do we need to, does, does something need to happen? And I, I don't know what that would be.
0: Um, honestly, I think it's just a temporary problem. Uh, I kind of think this is, um, you know, an affect, uh, an affect uh, from COVID, you know, being, you know, in lockdown, for over a year and you know some cases two years so i mean there you are going to get a little bit rowdy but i would like to remind all people that are going to invade the pitch after a match to celebrate you're leaving your area and you're part of of the arena you're leaving your part of the stadium you're going into the players and the managers domain so going forward if events like this continue um you know there will probably have to be legislation at some point, but in this current time, I am totally okay with a uh, Patrick Vieira like 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 person. Like if someone comes up and gets in your face and you're not having it because they're in your part of the part of the pitch, I believe it was your God given right to beat that ass.
1: Well, I don't necessarily uh, think. I, I mean, it's, it's it depends. I mean, being in see, someone's face. I don't think that take costs, a, and, gives and them the right to punch your lights out.
0: And, but Okay, being in someone's face and taking a TikTok after you just lost a match, and it's you know it's your job. I, I kind of feel like that that that's a bit beyond the pale. Well, they, put, uh, a, you know, but they put I
1: mean, they put a camera in his face and ask him questions about the loss after that. How's it any different?
0: They, yeah, yeah, but you're being asked in a, in a controlled environment with a bunch of journalists. You're not being asked immediately as you're walking off the pitch by some 18 year old douchebag who's probably like,
1: hey, hey, oi, oi, Patrick, hey,
0: fuck off. You know?
1: Not sure what that accent um,
0: was. Um... I don't know either. I, that was a horrible <laughs> risk. I apologize to any person who had to hear that. I was just uh, making an example. No, I, I totally feel like it, you have to respect You have to respect where you're at. You know, be conscious that you're on the pitch. You could interact with players and managers. Give them the space they deserve and that they they've earned. And then, but enjoy the moment.
1: It's funny. So just just, be,
0: yeah. Just be be cognizant of where you're at. You're in their domain. It's funny. You are
1: not in yours anymore. It's funny because this this really is a uniquely British thing. And uh, well, let me see. Uh, It's a uniquely non-American. Like you don't do that in American sports. You don't get on the pitch. The only thing that I can compare it to is at the end of a college football game, fans will rush onto the field and take down the goalposts. And <clears throat> they
2: do that bas- they, do, too, they, do, they the, do that in basketball too. That's true. They do do that in basketball. I just haven't, I haven't, it's it I haven't it's, watched it is not a lot of college professional football. sports thing.
1: Right. I think there that's there the point Adam is it doesn't thing. happen in
2: professional American collegiate sports happens all the time. Which I think what's so odd for me to see, you know, it's just like it happened at Fulham when Fulham secured the top and it was like just get off the pitch. It's just <laughs> a bunch of people running around you know, taking selfies of themselves and it's like we're trying to film it's dangerous to the players it's dangerous to the managers i mean thankfully you know nothing terrible has happened you know to anybody during it but it's it's just yeah. it's just so stupid like i think it's just dumb i would <laughs> be very happy if they decided to to somehow you know impose some sort of penalties for play, for for fans who decided to do that cuz it's not safe i mean i i it's not safe for these players or for these managers i i don't think it's a smart decision
1: well i, I will say i mean wouldn't when... During the Everton pitch invasion, I mean, it was you know dominant Calvert Lewin who scored the the winning goal there. He was clearly you know, I mean, he was having fun with them, and and you know players will you know they'll have fun with fans and they so sometimes give them their shirts. But I also do wonder sometimes if it's you know for for the home players <clears throat> if it's maybe even just a little bit much because it's you know, I mean, you just want a football match. You're you're sweaty. Sometimes you just want to you know shake hands and leave. And then if the fans are in the car park, then maybe you'll. You'll do work with them, but yeah, I mean, prior to, to Sunday, I, I was I was I was kind of more in, in, in Jordan's camp. I, I still kind of I, I kind of agree with both of you, to be honest, so, because you know I would have said that <clears throat> most of the time, um, when this has happened, you know, you don't really get incidents like that, and and any more the the incidents between fans and fan groups. If there are any, that happens outside the ground. It doesn't happen inside. Um, they, they've done a pretty good job of of controlling that. But you know, with Robin Olson thing happening on Sunday, you know, I mean, come on, man, you just won the league. Like, why why are you doing that? You know, like, yeah, it's one thing to get out there <clears throat> and to jump on the goal, even though that's not safe. Um, it was a really funny vid- video uh, where they showed the the little girl. Who is sitting on top of the goal, and uh, and you can tell it's her dad down there saying, "All right, sweetheart, come down. Just let's let's. Mummy might be watching. Let's come down from the goal so daddy doesn't get in trouble." Uh, it's one thing to do that, but it's another thing to like openly attack the opposition players who they don't they don't care they don't care that much they they don't care that you know I mean they might care that you're on the pitch, but to them they just want to get off. So just let them leave and and do your thing, and then you, then you can sort it out. So, anyways. Um, I, I'm interested to see how that, what happens there going forward. I mean, I think it's also when you consider that the FA has recently come under, um, under fire from UEFA and now has to play one of the upcoming England home games behind closed doors because of what happened during Euro 2020 because of that, and because of this, I wouldn't be surprised if we start to see some type of action from the football association. um, So yeah, that was that. City won the title. Um, There was, of course, a battle for fourth between Arsenal and Tottenham Hotspur, and both of them completely dominated their final day opponents. The Gunners uh, round out a solid season with a 5-1 win against a now-safe Everton. All the goals they had been trying to uh, send in for the past two weeks sort of flooded in the inbox all at once. It was like when, when your email gets stuck, and then suddenly it just goes through. Martinelli and Ketia... Cedric Suarez, Gabriel, Martin Odegaard, uh, all scored for Arsenal. The Toffees' lone answer. It was a 5-1 win, by the way. Uh, The Toffees' lone answer came from the invisible man, Donny van de Beek, who I'm starting to think doesn't actually exist. He's just a figment of our imagination. Um, Because he only pops up at certain times, and it's just, you can't convince me he exists. Um, But, unfortunately for Arsenal fans, Tottenham go back into the Champions League with a 5-0 thrashing of Norwich. Uh, All the goals coming from their prolific front three, two from Kloosevsky, one for Harry Kane, and two for Youngman's son, who takes home this season's golden boot. Uh, They were tied on 23 goals. Uh, He was tied on 23 goals with uh, Mo Salah, but he gets it due to the assists tiebreaker, and he got quite a bit of assists this season. Um, Not as many fireworks in this one. This one was kind of decided prior to this weekend with... I don't know. I mean, to me, this is a good finish for Arsenal, right? They didn't have European football this season. Um, but I mean, are we going to remember this these this is the final day in these last few uh, weeks more for Arsenal finishing fifth, or are we going to remember it more for Arsenal collapsing into a heap after they seem to have had this wrapped up? I think I'll
2: remember the season for Arsenal as just kind of. A, they were just up and down all year. I mean, you can yeah. go back to the very first, very first game of the season. I mean, this was a this was a squad that had issues with leadership, had issues with veteran players who didn't want to play, had issues with, um, you know, there were personnel issues. Um, and, and, and again, the, the biggest issue is just they're just young and they're inconsistent. So this was a side that could come out and absolutely dominate you one week, and then you know they could dominate on Sunday and Wednesday. They could lose to you know norwich or whatever like it was just it was just a side that was extraordinarily inconsistent and i mean i think all things considered they had a they had a decent season you know uh sang performed really really well you learned some things about some key players you understand where some of your holes are uh, you know kenya for instance came through and was kind of a revelation uh revelation after Makazet. um you know uh did his impression of a wooden post at the start <laughs> position so like there's lots of there's lots of positive takeaways from it. This was never going to be a side that was going to challenge for a Premier League title. It was never going to be a side that I think was going to go far in any kind of European competition. So frankly, if I'm an Arsenal fan, I am maybe disappointed that it you had the season of trying to of like growing pains is really what, what I'm going to remember for this season for them. Um, but I don't think it's a, a it's a, a it's not a disappointment the way like Manchester United's. Season was at this point. You were always going to have this kind of season from Arsenal, I think. And then from Tottenham's perspective, I think you're this is about as good as it could have been for you um, to see Son and Kane become the most prolific Premier League duo of all time. To you know enter uh, Champions League play um, to to kind of uh, turn into a, a powerhouse, um, you know a top four team, um, and, and really come on strong near the end of the season. I don't think could have gotten much better than this for them. So at the end of the day, I'm more happy if I'm a Spurs fan than if I'm, you know, a Gunners fan, but I, I think both, both, both squads have a lot to look forward to for next season.
1: Um, we mentioned earlier that, uh, that, um, you know, Kevin DeBornay got player of the year. And, uh, I think Jurgen Klopp got manager of the year and, uh, Youngman's um, son won won the Golden Boot. The Young Player of the Year went to Phil Foden again, and the reason I bring this up is because you just mentioned Bukayo Saka having a pretty good season. Eleven goals and seven assists for him in the league for Arsenal, compared to nine goals and five assists for Phil Foden. I I don't I don't get that one. I, Bukayo Saka deserved to win this. Award a lot more than Phil Foden did. I mean, I'm not saying Phil Foden had a bad season, but that one throws me a lot.
2: Yeah, it was odd because because when you watch Arsenal play, Saka was their offense. I mean, he was the most dangerous player on the pitch, or at least on the Arsenal side of the ball when he had the ball at his feet. And you didn't necessarily always see that with Foden. You know, Foden had had glimpses of of brilliance sometimes, but then there were also times when he just kind of looked like he didn't really know what he was doing, or he was playing out of position. I mean I would give it to maybe more of a player like I don't know Connor Gallagher I think he had a fantastic season yeah. um for Crystal Palace and you know so yeah I I think that's more of you know I don't know maybe Manchester City, maybe you know the top of the table bias but I don't think
1: Foden deserved that. Yeah like I said he's he's a fine player but I I just didn't understand that the, the getting to that um uh Adam. Speaking speaking of Connor Gallagher, Jordan, are you? How many letters are you writing to uh, to Newcastle to get them to buy him this summer? I feel like he's he. I feel like he would be at the top of your wish list. Uh <laughs>
0: Yes, he. Yes, he's up there uh, for sure. I was actually going to suggest maybe the. Okay, maybe it's not a bias towards Phil Foden in Manchester City. Maybe what it is is the. Overexposure of Bukayo Saka because he pretty much lined up week in and week out for Arsenal the entire season. So, all the more reason to we, give him a to give him a, So what? So what I'm trying to say is, therefore award. in therefore in the minds of what, what the, whatever voting body uh, for the PFA awards, um, you saw more bad than you did with Phil Foden because you saw less of him throughout the season. So it's it's it's. It's 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 usage rate, basically. So what they're saying is, uh, you know, Phil phone was probably wasn't the overall, you know, better young player of the season. It's just that you saw less of his bad moments because he didn't feature that often in that city side. Whereas with Sokka, you did see him have have uh, have bad games because he was featured in Arsenal. That's all I'm trying to say. Yeah. Maybe it's not a bias. It's what it is, is you saw less of him. So therefore, his good his good, his good, good play was highlighted more because there was less to go off of.
1: Uh, Sokka played 38 times this season uh, for Arsenal. I mean, 36 starts. That's compared to 28 appearances that Phil Foden made in the Premier League. Uh, although, I believe Sokka has a higher overall rating based on the app that I'm using for these stats. So anyways... Um, but yeah, so Spurs are in the Champions League. Um, you know that that's it's well done to them. I mean, they got the results in the end. They went on a fantastic run toward the end of the season, and included that little blip uh, against Brighton. Um, but they got it done, and so Antonio Conte and Spurs are heading into the Champions League. And uh, we'll talk a little bit more about that next week when uh, when we can look at their squad and really say. How are they gonna do next season? Um I don't talk about relegation real quick though. Um Jordan, your your team was involved in one of these matches, however, you uh fortunately were not on uh the bad end of it. You were on the let's you know, let's the, the you you were you were the decider this weekend. You your your club was playing executioner. Uh but Newcastle well actually they were kind of still needed. I guess. Uh, but Leeds got the job done under American Jesse Marsh. Uh, 2-1 to Leeds over Brentford at the Brentford Community Stadium. Jack Harrison's late winner against Brentford uh, after that side had been reduced to nine men put Leeds' survival beyond doubt. They had an early goal chalked off for a hair of an offside. And Rafinha's penalty gave them the lead on 56 minutes. But Sergio Kanos equalized for Brentford. By the way, anybody would want to guess who scored Brentford's first goal of the season against Arsenal on a Friday night in August. I promise it's easy. Wasn't it Tony? What? No. Oh. Is it this guy? Yeah, Sergi Cano. Cano. Cano scored yeah. their first goal of the season, and he scored their last goal of this don't season. Know that is. Yep. Okay, I don't that you is you is know, you know what
0: season. that is? You know what that is, Adam? That is <laughs> the anti Brentford bias of recently <laughs> promoted old fan uh, Caleb.
2: Brentford, uh, you know, who? Uh, out of They're sight, here. out of mind. <laughs> I freely I, I uh, admit I spent zero hours watching
1: <laughs> Brentford play football this year. <laughs> those are going to be fun matches next. I'm excited. I'm excited for those matches next season. I think we need to those the, tell someone tell Sky they need to highlight those for uh, for some of the late night or the early morning or the maybe the Friday night covers. A uh, Friday night, Friday night fight night sounds like a good one for those. Um, honestly, honestly, uh, we could you know. Lump lump uh, the South Coast
0: and basically the teams from the City of London, and I think that would actually work because I would love to see a Friday night uh, fight night with uh, a Crystal Palace away to Brentford. Or not Brentford, uh, Brighton, Brighton matchup.
1: Yeah. Yeah, that would be good too. Uh, unfortunately for Sergio Canos, though, he scored Brentford's first goal, and then he got sent off uh, because I – be- I believe because he picked up a yellow card earlier – and then scored the goal, and then I think he took his shirt off, and then he got sent off. <laughs> so, which is a that's you can't do that. You, you the a taking your shirt off in celebration is a yellow card offense. So, if you have a yellow card, you probably shouldn't do it. But he did it, and he got sent off. And then I think there was an injury late on, so hence the finishing with the nine uh, the nine men. Um, how impressive was this for for Jesse Martian Leeds? I mean, is this something that uh, that you know, maybe we can point to and say, "Yeah, look, this American manager did that. He he kept him up." I, I thought it was—I mean, it wasn't the most inspiring of late runs to stay up, but they did get the job done. I mean, so you know, it's 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 got to be a good thing, right?
0: I actually think it was an incredible job to keep them up, um, especially with the with such a large you know negative goal difference they had at the end of the season. Um, Jesse Marsh yeah. has like has, has absolutely proven to be in the moment a uh, a pretty good man motivator because um, uh, Geldhart you know has come up clutch for them, um, Jack Harrison scoring that that late winner. Um, it's a great goal, by the way. Too Leeds really has had uh, has had a very uh, you know has had a lot of heart. And, uh, you know, coming out of, uh, you know, such a demanding, uh, uh, you know, situation with Marco Bielsa, uh, who, you know, really wears down his squad, Jesse Marsh has been what they've needed, you know, to get, get a little bit of life and a little bit of excitement back into that, uh, back into that clubhouse uh, or <laughs> that, <laughs> that back room. Um, I don't yeah. know where they're going to go going forward. I, I really hope they keep Rafinha. Uh, I really hope they keep, uh, you know, Jack Harrison. Um, I would like to see what season two of the, of Jesse Marsh at Leeds United is going to be.
1: I <laughs> uh, to say, I would like to see what season two of the real life Ted Lasso looks like. <laughs>
0: uh, he's not, <laughs> it's not quite the same. He's not that, he's not that quite that corny, but I did have a little bit of a, uh, cringe chuckle when you when we saw like the post match uh celebrations with him and his uh his boys with the beer you know I know
1: what was that uh, do we know what he was drinking
0: I don't know I tell. probably probably a sponsor beer I'm assuming I don't know dude do, do the do the do the Brits have sponsor beers
1: Yeah I mean they 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 don't feature as prominently now but they def I mean I think Everton is still Sponsored. Uh, I think Chang is still a sponsor of Everton, even though they're not in their shirts. I think so. Don't quote me on that. Um And I know for a fact that Brentford and London Pride—they're—they're they're pretty close because I saw like a, a sort of a, a, a Twitter. They—they—they they, they were doing a live video on Twitter. Brentford were, and it was sponsored by by London Pride. So, which is not a bad sponsor to have. That um, makes me. That
0: makes me miss. Uh... That makes me long for the, the 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 kid of all time for me. The OG Newcastle, but, uh, the Blue Star.
1: Yeah. Oh well. Yeah. Yeah. I thought that yeah. I also long for the OG recipe Newcastle that was. Oh that was, uh, no, man. no! If
0: we want to turn this into I, like a thirty-minute
1: rant on uh, on <laughs> <It's> the not... <laughs> he, on he, the Heineken Group and
0: specifically Lagunitas Brewing out of California, which yes, I'm calling you out, Lagunitas, you have. You've ruined my favorite go-to foreign uh, foreign import beer, damn it. Um, Do you have a new one? Beyond that, no, I don't. Oh, okay. I was just curious. I didn't know if you, I didn't no, know if you did you No, that. I don't. No, that was the one because I was like, you know what? I love Newcastle United. They've had a history with Newcastle Brewing and the Newcastle Brown oh, Ale. It's literally I called mean, Newcastle. It's it, in the song, uh, Coming Home Newcastle. Uh, it talks about a bottle of the old brown ale, so I'm like, okay, you know what? This is my, this is my, this
1: is the one. This is, and then it's, it's not the same anymore. Yeah, I know. it's very sad. It was, uh, it was, it was very good. Speaking of Newcastle, but, oh, speaking
0: of Newcastle, yeah. uh, no, uh, you know, another quality win by Eddie Howe. I mean, um, yes, Burnley did turn it on in the second half, and you know, Matt Target did make a great save off the line. But when the when the when the pressure was tight, when Burnley were you know trying to push towards that uh, you know uh, dr- uh, drawing goal, Newcastle held strong. Um, yeah. This team, it, it, it has a spine, you know, it really does. Um, yes. Starting with uh, starting with uh, uh, you know Joe Ellington in the middle. Or Joe Ellington on that left side of midfield because he's not in the middle yet, In the middle just yet. I would like to see him in the middle a little bit more next season, but I do like him on that left side. Um, starting with him, uh, starting with uh, you know Callum Wilson up top because the team looks like a much different team, a lot more deadly with Callum Wilson up top.
1: Yeah, it's amazing what happens um, when he does you know, when he's not injured.
0: Yeah, no, uh, and I and I, I I'm glad we had Chris Wood because he was a crucial signing for us in the January window um because he will work uh he will work and he just you know he just didn't kind of ha- he just didn't have that goal scoring touch at the end of the season because there were some opportunities for him hmm. but you know maybe he can improve you know you know improve uh, on that a little bit next season
1: i believe that but- i called that but that's just- i know and you you, you, know, you, <laughs> you
0: you did and you did um but he did he did, he did work and you know what
1: that he did work he came over from burnley and, a- Adam, and gave you a, gave you a leg up against the relegation opponent.
0: Adam, I'll yes. be honest with you
1: in my in my
0: decade pl- in my in my decade of rooting for Newcastle United with my heart and soul. All I've asked for is this team will work for ninety minutes. Yeah, and yeah, not not the Steve Bruce work where we're sitting eleven eleven men behind the ball and just getting shelled like it's a World War One. Uh, it's like a World War One trench. Um, you know, actually, you know. Pressing teams, winning the ball in the midfield, which I, we do have a, a big unit in there. Joe Ellington, the you know Newcastle player of the season, which he was.
1: Um, oh, okay.
0: Yeah, no, he was. Uh, and then you know we have our our our, our fancy our fancy boy, our uh, our lovely Bruno G, who you know is able to you know work AKA his midfield. Aka
1: sexy Jolinton.
0: Uh, uh, yeah, no, Aka sexy <laughs> Linton. Yeah, because they actually both have blonde hair right now. Uh, He recently dyed his hair, you know, bright blonde. So it it does look like uh, Bruno G is uh, uh, Jolington's younger, more handsome brother. Um, (laughs) But, you know, having Bruno G uh, in the midfield able to link up passes and, you know, make timely runs into the box. um, I, I, you know, I wonder what we're going to do with the wing um, because I I kind of feel like, Saint maxim kind of has to have a bit of a uh, you know a, a, a soul search uh this you know this summer this this off season uh because the way he was playing towards the end of the season it just wasn't working uh he was putting his head down and running into traffic way too much and with the way this team plays um you know that could you know hurt them uh significantly because we're actually getting more players going forward so we we could be out of position more.
1: Yeah. Uh, we've got we got all next week to. Yeah. Go no, no, no. Uh, don't don't use it while you're talking but, points
0: once. No, 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 I'm not. I, I could actually I will I'll have more for next week. Um I believe you. No. It was a good end to a good second half of the season. Um yes. and honestly, actually if you looked at I believe the inform uh, points table since January 19th, Newcastle is the only team other than Manchester city or Liverpool to have collected more points um, over the last, uh, you know, three and a half months of the season. Like if we were to look at the form table, it would be, uh, I think it's city Liverpool and then us in terms of uh, inform, uh, uh, you know, collecting points. So a great, second half to the season. Uh, I feel sorry for Burnley. I really do because, you know, they brought in Wedgehorst, um, who has actually been a really good signing for them. Um, It's amazing what a uh, a tall striker can do, given some freedom uh, at Burnley, uh, because he does look dangerous when he gets on the ball. And then, uh, you know, Maxwell Cornet, uh, he can actually go get a Cornetto now that his season's done. Um, All right. He, you know, he looked uh he looked dangerous, uh, you know, under Michael Jackson. But with the sixty five million dollar uh impending uh loan repayment Burnley's gonna have to make in the next season or two, uh their financial situation is about to get really difficult.
1: Uh, yeah, so, so this was this this kinda came out right after they got relegated. So I guess whatever company they that... ALK Capital. Right. Yeah. So okay. So what, whatever hedge fund, um, took them over. Um, I guess the loan they took out, the payment I, plan was contingent on them staying in the Premier, Premier League. So if they stayed in the Premier League, you know they'd just continue with the loan repayment. They would be fine. But now that they're out, they they now have to pay a substate. Well, the the British press has used the words a substantial portion i don't I don't think we've got an official figure yet, but a substantial portion of that loan has to be repaid almost immediately, and yeah. I think that's one of the dumbest fucking loans that I've ever heard of in my life. You do not sign that or agree to that if you're Burnley Football Club who for the past few seasons has been you know battling relegation or has been in that that down there i mean this is a real reality, so Treating it like it was some sort of, you know, oh, well, yeah, we'll do this when we get, you know, we'll do this so we get a better rate or whatever on the other stuff because we won't get relegated. That just seems sensationally short-sighted to me for Burnley. I mean, um, why would you tie, tie yourself to that?
0: I mean, maybe it was one of those things where they didn't have a choice. You know, unfortunately, in the reality well, of don't buy the club.
1: Football. I mean, don't buy the club. I mean, you know, then don't do the deal. I, mean, I that's that's yeah. my that's my thing. You know, if you can't if you can't do that without coming up with a bad deal coming out of it, then just don't do it.
2: I don't understand from the perspective of you know the people who've made that loan why you would set it up to seemingly have the club fail. Because certainly, yeah. you understand the basic tenets of of certainly understand the basic tenets of. Um, you know soccer economics, and certainly you understand that teams in the Premier League it's generating a lot more revenue than it than it is if it's not. So if like your ultimate goal is to you know make your money back and then some, it seems like you would have loan, you know, your loan uh, stipulations would be would be created so that if they get relegated then. They have to pay it, it, less yeah. of the principal back, you know, or yeah. have a lower interest
0: rate. Not it it get, kicks in, it sticks. kicks it in, in the opposite direction because, yeah. like, under their old under their old repayment system, they had to pay a the I, I believe the full sixty five million pounds back by the beginning of the twenty twenty five season. So they were still on a short time frame to begin with. Um, no, yeah, you'd assume that the owners would, you know, look to, you know, kick, you know, reduce that principle over a longer period of time, you know, allow them to have a little, you know, access to more capital. That way you can have a bounce back season and, you know, and then, you know, regain, you know, solidify your position back in the Premier League next, you know, after next season, especially, you know, given the the parachute payments
2: yeah i mean your, your goal um, should be then your goal should be for them to return the Premier League as quickly as possible because then they're generating more revenue for you
0: yeah because uh i believe the i believe the revenue figures are out or at least for at least i saw it was reported from Newcastle that finishing uh you know eleventh this season uh they're gonna earn a hundred and ten million pounds did they finish tenth uh i didn't... <laughs> I think I think they finished eleventh, Adam. I think on goal difference. Oh, they. Oh, that's shitty. Sorry. Okay. No, no. Hey, <laughs> hey you know what? I'm not worried about it because uh, <laughs> we had because we had no wins going
1: into January. Yeah, so, that's fine. Uh, yeah.
0: Yeah. No, Oops. I'm fine with eleventh
1: place. We no, I know. Fantastic. I just I think I said earlier they were top half the table, and that that was obviously a mistake. I don't know what I saw them, anyways. Um, no, yeah, and I mean to that extent, returning to the Premier League as soon as possible. Now that you have to repay this the substantial portion of this loan, now you got to use money probably from player sales. Yeah, you know, one of your leading um, central defenders that you might could have gotten some money for is leaving on a free, James Tarkovsky, because you didn't resign him to a new deal last summer. So and- there's an asset that's leaving for free.
0: I, I believe the rumor is, at least the, uh, from what I understand, it is Tarkovsky's off on a free, right. but then Me and Nick Pope are on the block as well.
1: Well, Go yeah, down. and I mean, I think for Nick Pope's sake, I mean, and I, this could perhaps would be a discussion for a different time, but for the sake of being in the England squad, which he was named to the recent most recent English squad, but I would think to, to be to stay in the English squad consistently, you probably should be playing in the Premier League. Yeah. So, yeah. Honestly, you know who I would like
0: uh, Nick Pope to join up with? Newcastle. Uh, because no, not Newcastle. Oh, right? Okay. Actually, <laughs> <laughs> no, 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 no. Because uh, because I like Dubrovka, Um and I, I kind of think Nick Pope and you know Dubrovka are kind of you know very similar. Um, Nick Pope probably has a little bit higher upside, but if they stop. Shots. I'm, a, I'm a. I'm 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 okay with that. Uh, actually, I'd like to see him at West Ham because I know Lucas Fabianski is like what 39 or 40.
1: After he's he's thirty. He's thirty-seven. Thank you. Thirty-seven. Right. Okay. Uh, but but yes, just... he is. He's getting up there. But I. I mean, that would. I would not. Certainly not be opposed to that. However, I do believe. I mean, the rumor across the the West Ham boards over the past few days has been we're going to get Alphonse Areola for ten million pounds. So, but Caleb could have something to say about that. But uh, but that's that's my that's my assumption, which I would be more than happy with that because he did fantastically for us this season. So, so but yeah, I mean if that doesn't happen, um, Nick, I mean Nick Pope would be a great, a great addition. Um, so yeah. Anyways, bad, very bad news for Burnley, and i I hope it's, I hope that it sounds bad right now, and it's not as bad as it sounds later if that makes sense. Like, I hope that they can navigate this because it's, it's a good club. You know, they've been in the premier league for a couple of years now. I think all of us are, are I, w- I don't know if fond of, fond of them is the word, but I certainly do have enjoyed having them in the premier league. Um, and, uh, and so, you know, they'll be battling in the championship next season, but I hope it's not a case where they're battling financially too. Cause that, that's going to be really, really, really difficult in that case. Um, the, the final fight, which we won't spend too much time on, um, despite Manchester United losing 1-0 against Crystal Palace, which I think we all saw happening, West Ham could not capitalize and threw away a 1-0 lead to lose 3-1 to Brighton down the South Coast, which I will say we all saw happening. Um, it means Eric Ten Hogg, who officially took over this week at Old Trafford, will begin life in the Europa League. David Moyes and the Hammers will have to navigate the Europa Conference League, which is still Europe. We're still in Europe. We're still there. We we are still in Europe. Two two seasons in a row. We're in European competition. I believe Roma won the first uh, European Europa Conference League today against, Azedakmar. No, Feyenoord. There we go. I knew it was the Dutch team. Um. So yeah. So we'll, we'll be competing in, in Europa League. Still Europe. Jesse Leggard, possibly leaving on a free, possibly coming over to uh, to West Ham could see that so not all is lost but this was quite frankly i I, it was just it was disappointing and it just it seemed like once brighton equalized after a fantastic michael antonio goal i mean he just a he put that right into the top corner there's no way uh sanchez was going to get to that um but then just go on and lose like i mean they just gave up and those last few goals for brighton were just they were just way too easy so so we can talk more next week about what West Ham need, but um, certainly not not the best of endings and not the best of second half of seasons. Jordan, you were talking about how Newcastle had such a very good second half of the season. I think West Ham was the opposite. Our second half of the season was just dreadful. So, but you know, seventh place that's that's okay. We'll take that. If you'd told me at the beginning of the season we got seventh place and um, a European semifinal, I'd have I'd have said that's all right. So that was that. That was pretty much your final day. Uh, Chelsea won, I think. Yes. Their 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 match wasn't as important. Yeah. Wait, did they? Where are they? Yeah, two, fine, one. yeah two, <laughs> two, two, two one. Yeah, 2-1 to Watford. Has uh, there ever
2: been a team that finished third in a less impressive manner than Chelsea? Yeah.
1: Yeah, yeah that's I right. Know.
2: They it's... were. They were. Um, I remember seeing it because one of my friends is a Chelsea fan, which is gross. Now, there were a couple of late goals in that match. I think Watford I think Watford drew late and then I think an extra time Chelsea ended up getting a winner, so
1: how's this for a throwback? Dan Gosling scored yes. for uh, for Watford and Ross Barkley scored for Chelsea. I
2: don't think I've heard <laughs> Ross Barkley's name all season. That's
1: awesome. Oh man, the final day brought out a whole bunch of characters. Um Hold which on. Is, which is pretty traditional. Yes, Jordan.
0: Did we mention the ghost of Dan Gosling, former yes, Newcastle did. United player? Yes. Holy shit. He's, he's he's popped up
1: at Watford. He scored for Oh my God.
0: There. Um Wow, I haven't heard that name uh since uh Norwich had the strike partnership of Morrison, and then who was the who was the big fat guy? Like he was a husky boy. Uh Grant, Grant Holtz.
1: Grant Holt, yes, Grant Morrison,
0: Holt. And Grant Holt. That was the last time I heard Dan Gosling's name been mentioned. Holy crap! Yeah, we're uh, we're going back into the into the the FIFA recesses if we're going to pick out Dan Gosling.
1: Um, Here's, I, I'm going to throw out another another one at you. This was not as old. Uh, Kennedy, remember him? <laughs> oh my God! Yeah, he, uh, he he started for for Chelsea.
0: Wow. Yeah. Uh, actually, that was, uh, I believe that was <coughs> the season before we got relegated. Uh, no, actually, that was the season coming out of relegation. We were actually going to sign Kennedy because we had him on loan. And uh, yeah, that was another uh, failed Mike actually. Hey, you know, we're going to get this loan, get, get this kid in from Chelsea. He plays well for us, you know. It's v- pretty young. Maybe we could get him on a cheat because if it's Chelsea, you know, and they get, they got a ton of these guys.
1: And then it never happens. Um, Leicester City, yeah. uh, what beat uh, Southampton four-one? Jamie Vardy, ending ending, I believe his Leicester career with with a party. So, good luck to him, Mister Mister Rochester. I believe he's coming over here to uh, to be a part of that organization. The it's not the Rochester Rhinos anymore, which I'm very disappointed that they took that name away because that was the best name in American soccer, the Rochester Rhinos. It, it's it's not that anymore. It's, so, anyways, Vardy ends ends, uh, ends his career with Leicester City. Uh, Iose Perez also scored. He actually scored a late goal. This is this this is just new former Newcastle player central here, Jordan. <laughs> Iose Perez. Um. Let's see. Any other scores we didn't mention? I think that's it. So, your final table, just for the hell of it, looks like this. Manchester City finish as champions. 93 points for them. Just behind them are Liverpool on 92. Chelsea and Tottenham round out your top four in third and fourth place, respectively. Arsenal and Manchester United are heading to the Europa League. West Ham, Europa Conference League, with 56 points in seventh. Leicester City are up to eighth with that win. Uh Brighton in ninth. Wolves round out the top ten, but just behind them are Newcastle in eleventh. Crystal Palace, Brentford, Aston Villa, Southampton, Everton, and Leeds are your survivors. And Burnley, Watford, and Norwich, we will be seeing you down in the championship next season. Well we won't because we'll all of our clubs will be in up in the Premier League. So uh, speaking of the championship, I think we mentioned this last week. We mentioned it again: Huddersfield versus Nottingham Forest coming up this weekend at 11:30 a.m. Eastern Time in the Championship playoff final. That's from Wembley on Sunday. I, I may have said Saturday. Sunday at 11:30 uh, uh, Eastern Time. So your Memorial Day weekend with uh, with some exciting football. I think there's another there's another final. Yes, yeah. So the League Two final. Um, which I don't think is on ESPN. Is it not on ESPN Plus? They usually put them all on there. Mansfield Town versus Port Vale in the League 2 playoff final. Um, And we have to mention this, Jordan. I'm sorry. Uh, Sunderland will be back in the championship next season. They won the League 1 playoff final, two goals to nil against Wickham Wanderers in the final appearance ever for the man, the myth, the legend, Adebayo Akinfenwa, Thank you, sir, for some wonderful uh moments on social media and of course some wonderful football. So there you go. That was the past week. I would say as as yeah. as 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 far as final day go days go in Premier League week er, in English football weekends, that was that was pretty good. Aside from that one bit, Jordan.
0: <laughs> yeah, no. Uh Saturday didn't start off very well for me. Um I, I was kinda hoping uh I can Finwa would have bodied, uh, you know, Sunderland when he came in, um, but it just wasn't meant to be. Uh, uh, those pesky black cats—they keep—they they, they keep lurking around. Uh, Lord knows what would what, what happen if we have a. Uh, well, you know, they could say they went six nil in uh, in derby matches and, and until they were relegated. Um, but now that we have the money of the public investment fund behind us, I, I, I kind of feel like those 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 Darby days really won't matter if they do
1: come back to the Premier League. Um, I'm going to save this. I'm going to save that clip. You could go ahead and do that. You could actually go <laughs> ahead and do that. let uh, um Let's cause, save cause I'll be honest. I'll be we won't honest. use it for okay. a while, most definitely. But I, yeah.
0: Let me ask you a question, Adam. As a sure. as a one time Manchester United fan. you Yeah. After Sir Alex Ferguson left, did the
1: United City Derby truly matter? Like w- it mattered more. Cause I mean 'cause I mean you have to remember for most of Sir Alex Ferguson's career, City were to Manchester United what I think Sunderland would be to Newcastle right now. They did not really have the money they you know they, they were they were certainly the second team. Um and they they couldn't really compete on that front and yet they would still they'd still give Manchester United hell i mean there were several times where you know it it was it was a lot more difficult than it should have been which is kind of why and i know it's going to be a while but that's kind of why i would be a little bit excited to see Sunderland back in the premier league just because i do think for every big money team they need it's better when they have that rival because those games are always interesting because the the money starts to matter a little less when there's that heated local derby on the line, but like we won't get that for a while, so I, I we, we can't really look forward to that in, in any way, shape, or form um, yet. But anyways, so yeah, so so yeah, I mean they definitely they definitely mattered. I mean because it was, I mean, Ole Gunnar Solskjaer's biggest accomplishment, I think, was I don't I don't know that he lost to Bep Guardiola. If he did, it was once. And the rest of the time, see either it was it was a draw or he beat him. So yeah, it it definitely mattered. Good weekend, but yeah, I know we're we're disappointed.
0: I I, okay, I will say though, since they've gone to you know since uh they've gone to the Super Sunday format, um, you know, in terms of like okay, the entirety of the NBC NBC uh, platform is up for the Premier League. You know, I enjoy that fact that you know. Uh, at least for you know one day of the year, most of the matches are on um, you know broadcast television in America.
1: Yes, and I enjoyed the way that they did it because they basically they had one game which was Liverpool versus Wolves that was on USA, and then that mm-hmm. was it. And everything else was on Peacock if, if yeah. you wanted it. I've got Peacock. So for people who had Peacock, even if you didn't get the Sci Fi Channel or CNBC. Golf Channel, I think. I think Brent or Burnley, uh, Newcastle. Newcastle was. was, was, was yeah, was no, golf, I was watching golf the golf channel. channel. Yeah. Uh,
0: so, um, so David Barry's show
1: was uh, was wrapping up a, <laughs> a replay. Um. Oh, so. Man. Uh, yeah. So that so so you could, you could watch it on there, but if you didn't get those, you could still watch all the matches, including City Aston Villa, which was on NBC and Peacock. So, kudos to NBC for that. They don't always get it right. I do think they got it right this time. I mean yeah. when they you know uh you know we were a bit hesitant on what they were doing
0: when they said hey our dedicated sports channel uh we're just going to get rid of that we're just going to uh, get rid
1: of that it's like don't you still have sports to show
0: yeah uh but you know what i i actually kind of enjoy these matches on USA uh i i kind of feel like you know in terms of like all, like you know cable tier you know channels for the NBC platform, uh, USA is probably their number one. So you, you might be actually getting some more random yeah. eyeballs product. You know, maybe you're, you, you have that, you know, that, you know, those 10 random people every Saturday who pop on USA thinking they're going to watch, you know, uh, a, 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 you know, a, uh, an old episode of SVU and Benson and Stabler are going to get that, that serial predator. But it turns <laughs> out they're watching, uh, you know, they're watching uh, you know, Tottenham you know, Tottenham Chelsea, you know? And they're like, Oh, hey, you know what? I kinda dig this. You know, let me let, let me get into it, you know? And then you you, 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 you organically develop a new fan to your product. Um,
1: I'm not, gonna, not gonna draw the line from the word serial predator to the Premier League. If you like we could there's there uh, might be some crossover there that we don't want to well, talk about. Hey, but... hey,
0: okay. That guy <laughs> uh, is no his club is no longer Broadcasted on Premier League broadcast, they're currently residing in the <laughs> EFL Championship. Uh, oh, I, I was
1: I was talking about. Uh, never mind. Um, so, oh, yeah. oh, oh, speaking yeah, of months.
0: okay, so uh, you know, early in the season, uh, Caleb, you could hop on here too. We talked about our mystery, uh, our our mystery offender. I have still not heard anything
1: about him. Uh, but Benjamin Mindy is going to trial. Yes, I, I I don't know if that started yet, but it did. It has started. I, I believe it's going to start
0: at the uh, at the beginning of next week. But he okay. is going to trial for I believe
1: eight counts of sexual assault. See, see, there we go. It's it's the perfect segue. Um. Oh, hey, Caleb. By the way, just uh, just wanted to because I mean, obviously, we're, we're very um, disappointed that the league is over. We have to find some new stuff to watch. But I have some very good news. So this weekend on Peacock are the European Championships in rugby. But Harlequins, who I think yeah. you and I are, are – yeah. So they've got at least – I think they've got at least two more games because they play the final weekend of games on – the first, so the first weekend of June is that, and then they have the 14 playoff, which I think Harlequins will be a part about. So they'll, they'll be a part That's of that. That's a good reminder. So yeah. yeah.
2: There'll, there'll, be some, there'll be some rugby to watch. Yeah. They'll yeah.
1: so be able to see, watch
2: them play live, so I'm That's, excited about that. Yeah. Be good, yeah. So.
0: I you know I I uh, I I did get into rugby I believe a, a season or two ago. Um you, you know you you'd assume Newcastle United fan, Newcastle Jets. Falcons. Uh, Falcons, yeah, sorry, Falcons, Newcastle Falcons. <laughs> um I actually I, I have not I haven't I haven't gotten into much this season, so you know, maybe it was just a one-time flirtation. Uh Saracens. They, um, are they the Welsh team? They were at they. They they caught my eye, and
1: I was like, huh. Um, isn't okay. no that that was Exeter Chiefs? Sorry, that yeah. Was, that's yeah. Exeter Chiefs got in trouble for like overpaying players. Um, I think that's the one. I don't think it was Saracens, but yeah, no, that's a good one. Saracens are no, that's a good. Yeah, one. but like I said, it was just a flirtation. I it, it was. It was kind of like uh,
0: my 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 flirtation with post league uh, 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 postseason baseball when I followed <laughs> the Washington Nationals on their uh, you know eventual World Series winning a, you know a run. Um, but yeah, I'm not the biggest baseball fan, so we're about to enter my dark period. Uh, I'm, I'm hoping I'm hoping the Mavs can keep this run extended as long as we can. Um, you know. I'll I'll just be heavily into the MLS. <laughs> if we so wanted to do a did, did,
1: since we have two maps fans on the podcast, real quick while we wrap up, did the American Airlines Center spring a leak the other night?
0: Yes. So that is okay. a twenty-year-old yeah. that is a twenty-year-old building. It was opened in the year two thousand.
1: They can't put a new roof uh, on it.
0: Well, so that is not owned by Mark Cuban. It's leased by Mark Cuban. He does not own the actual uh, facility.
1: All right. Okay. So it's uh, it's, it's it's we're blaming it on the landlord.
0: Uh yes, which I believe okay. is, um, I think it might be Perot Jr. I'm not sure. <laughs> I know because because this is actually part of the reason why Mark wants out of the AAC is because oh right around God. that on right around that on the backside, Ross Perot Jr. still owns all of that land, which used to be parking lots. Uh, now that's all been turned into uh, luxury condominiums. So the parking lots for the season ticket holders and then you know the casual mass fans has decreased dramatically uh, in the intervening years. So at some point, I don't know. Uh, I, I don't know when the lease is up, but as soon as it is,
1: Cuban's out, and he's going to build a new stadium on the other side of I thirty. Oh my god! Um, what does it build a new stadium. For? The American stadiums last a hot minute. Seriously, no. They, like we got we got we've got stadiums over in the Premier League that have been around for hundreds of years. And we can't sort out how to make a make a stadium or an arena last for longer than like two,
2: American a generation. Aaron Center ain't no Craven Cottage. I'm just saying.
1: Oh, but, well, I know, but I'm, I'm just. But I mean, I'll
0: be honest with you, Adam. Too, I believe it is the differences in uh, in, in our culture. Um,
1: and that also, doesn't make just, it better.
0: And no, 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 no. I'm actually saying it's worse uh, uh, because and it's just the difference in the way those teams run their businesses too, because. Frankly, when foot when association football was being developed, the team the, the 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 Premier League teams that exist now developed out of neighborhoods, out of clubs, so they had an intimate tie with the people in the city. And over the hundred plus years that those clubs have existed, that tie remains very strong. So there is you know there is uh you know a, a mythos uh to the to the club and to the stadium because for majority of those people that a lot, they've spent a lot of their free time, a lot of good time and a lot of bad times with that club and in that stadium. Whereas nice. American sports, you know, uh, for the most part developed after world war II, at the dawn of, um, you know, the, uh, you know, American global capitalism. So these teams are viewed as assets and thusly their stadiums are viewed as assets. So if they're not drawing money, uh, uh, or you know the upkeep is you know uh, if they're not drawing money for the team, and the upkeep is going to get get more expensive, it's just easier to uh, go you know go to your city and say hey, uh, we would like a public bond to help build a new stadium, and if you don't get us this, we will think about moving, and then you'll be without a sports franchise. What are you going to do about that?
2: Yeah,
0: and most. Yeah. And most cities, including the city of Arlington, been over backwards for two teams.
1: Yeah, we could go so, on. We could go on and on about this because it, it does. There's something that upsets me. But uh, anyway, and so, I mean, uh, less... more,
0: more, Sorry, sorry. More importantly, just on that franchise, uh, just on that fran- you know franchise thing. Hell, the Atlanta Braves do not play in the city, the metropolitan city of Atlanta anymore. They actually play in Cobb County, uh, a, a, a distant suburb of, uh, of Atlanta.
1: Am I right, Caleb? Is that accurate?
2: Uh I wouldn't say it's they they don't now their stadium is not as closely located in the heart of Atlanta as it used to be, but it's definitely within the Atlanta Metro. I mean it's it's I mean Atlanta is such a massive city that it's I would I would say it's not distant. Yeah, I mean it's it's you know yeah it's not downtown Dallas, but it's Arlington. I mean it's it's definitely everybody considers it part of part of Atlanta. is just so massive.
1: Yeah. Anyways, we can go on on about this. Uh, next week, we will give you a, we'll just a bit more of a comprehensive breakdown into the review of the season. We'll go back and look at some of our predictions. Um, I'll have some questions that uh, you guys can make some lists out of. Overachievers, underachievers, overachieving clubs, overachieving players. You know uh, the transfer of the season. Somebody who you think uh is definitely going to be leaving this season stuff like that so we'll we'll do it a little bit differently than we did last year when we went club by club i don't want to do that again um but yeah just have a nice a nice uh, recap of the season in full next week and then we'll be off uh for as we pointed out a long summer without uh football at least until the women's euro starts on july the 6th um so yeah so final day was fun we'll have more coming up next week Thank you both guys uh, for uh, joining me again this week. I, You know, not to, not to dwell on this too much, but I don't know if, if anybody's been following the news lately, but it is not the happiest time in America right now, especially the regions that uh, Jordan and I are in and the region that Caleb is from. But uh, it's always nice to come and, and to set that aside for a little while and talk football and sports and, and just kind of chill with you guys. So thank you so much for being here tonight with me. Thank you to uh, whoever is listening tonight, and like I said, look out for that season review podcast dropping next week. Jordan, would you like to sign us off?
0: Let's go eat some pies, guys.
1: Let's go eat some pies, a lot of them, over the summer. We gotta gotta start prepping now. Thanks, everybody. We will see you next week.